Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. I want to take you very quickly tonight and then pray with you uh, for uh, whatever God wants to do in your life. This is a series I began last Sunday morning on refreshed vision and then spoke this morning on the timing of God. And if you weren't here for that, of course, they stay on YouTube. You can go back and get it. And also, big shout out to Kurt Kenderessi. He comes in every week and puts all these onto a podcast. And I had no idea. I don't know everything that happens. Kurt was telling me this week when he was in, he said, you know, we used to do tapes. Then we did CDs. He said, you know, the podcasts reach more people than any of those ever did. Uh, I had no idea that the reach of it was that strong. And so we're just are grateful to people who continue to serve God in a great way. Next Sunday morning, I believe I'm speaking on uh, an incredible verse out of the book of Genesis where it says, and God rested. And then Hebrews talks about he that or she that's believed has entered into the rest of God. And the Lord began to open that up for me a, a little while ago and I began to see some things in it that have profoundly helped me uh, as a leader and understanding the things that are my burden and my pressure and the things that aren't. And so I'm going to be speaking about that next Sunday. I would strongly encourage you not to miss it. Uh, it's always better if you can be in the building for sure. Uh, but, you know, uh, whichever way you receive it, it'll be a good thing. And so tonight I want to speak to you about what God does to refresh vision. 1 Kings chapter 19, I won't read the passage to you. Many of you will know it. Others of you, you can go back later and read it. It's only one chapter of 1 Kings chapter 19. But the story goes like this. The great prophet Elijah has just uh, uh, experienced a most phenomenal victory. Uh, Hundreds and hundreds of false prophets have met their doom at his hand. And God has spoken about an outpouring of rain after three and a half years of drought. It's been pretty incredible. He supernaturally outruns a chariot. It's been one of those kind of amazing weeks. But you know, as often is the case at the end of the great victory comes a bit of the letdown. And 1 Kings 19 is the story of that. He runs out of steam. We might call it burnout. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, this won't be up on the screen for you, but Daniel 7 verse 25. If I could talk to you tonight about your life, and uh, I want to encourage you, I have lived a life with God of highs and some lows. I've lived a life where I felt like I was invincible. Turns out I'm not. Uh, Where I was indispensable. Turns out I'm not. Uh, But I know what it's like to feel like the tank's empty. And so tonight, rather than preach a sermon of facts, I hope that while I'm speaking, the very real presence and peace of God will minister to every person that's a part of this service. I pray that it won't just be at the end when we pray together, but it'll be all the way through. It's almost like the Holy Spirit brings you into His hothouse and begins to refresh you here. Daniel 7 verse 25 said, It was given unto the enemy, unto the devil, to wear out the saints of the Most High. And so I know that the enemy is active. If he can't stop you, what he really wants to do is wear you out. Wants to get you to the point where we'll talk about in a minute, like this prophet got to. 
Yet Psalm 84 and verse 7, also that won't be up on the screen for you. Psalm 84 verse 7 talks about the people that have got their eyes firmly fixed on God. It says they go from strength to strength. So I know that it's possible for me not to go in a perpetual cycle of strength and then weakness, but rather I can go from strength to strength. But I also know that if someone like the prophet Elijah can get to the point that we'll read about in a minute where he goes, you know what? It's just not worth going on. I know that I could get there or you could get there and anyone can. And I know that if you do, you will want to experience what the psalmist calls 10 times the tender mercies of God. Some of you that are Bible students or have read enough of it will understand that sometimes you read what God does and says and sometimes the most important thing will be the things He doesn't say and the things He doesn't do. And it's much like that in this passage. Let's get into it. Because Elijah's got to this point, not because he's bad, not because he's sinful, not because of missteps or mistakes. The reality is that if you read the story of 1 Kings 18, he's been incredibly faithful, incredibly diligent, but he's just run out of puff. He's run out of steam. So I want to give you quickly, and they will be quick, firstly, the 10 signs that you need refreshing in your life. And I don't give them to you so you can feel bad. I give them to you so you can recognise where you are and then you can come to God and say, God, I need to do these things that I will then give you. Is that okay? So I do want to teach this a little bit because I want to equip you for when you leave here. And so listen, but write down the things as well that speak to your heart. Maybe some of these 10, you'll go, that's me. Write it down and go, God, I need you to help me with that. Number one, uh, signs you need refreshing is your anxiety levels go way up. The things that you once easily would have handled now overwhelm you. Verse 3 of 1 Kings 19 says, When he saw that, he arose and fled for his life. He had faced the king. He had faced Jezebel. He'd faced uh, literally uh, seven or eight hundred prophets of Baal. And yet now one word is overwhelming to him. And I've noticed when people get just drained, even the smallest things begin to trip them up. Number two is you isolate yourself. Verse three says, He left his servant there at Beersheba and he went on alone. He had no, listen to me, he had nobody who wanted to go on the journey with him. The servant was happy to be left behind. I contrast that with Elisha, who in 2 Kings chapter 2, when the prophet Elijah says to Elisha, the two different similar names, but different. When the Elijah says to Elisha, you stay here, Elisha's not like the first servant. Elisha says, as the Lord lives and as my soul lives, I won't leave you. And all of a sudden now Elijah's got somebody who's going to go the journey through the thick and the thin. And we all need someone like that. But Elijah at this point isolates himself when people become too much for you. I've been there as a leader where I just had had enough, didn't want people, uh, the people of pressure, even normal good people was just too much. Number three, you neglect normal healthy habits. He's, if you read the story in 1 Kings 19, he's not eating properly. He's not sleeping properly. And that's not because he was sinful. It was just unhelpful. He wasn't doing these things out of rebellion. It's just that he's so overwhelmed and depleted that all of his body systems go out of whack as well. Number four, 
The fourth sign is that we lose perspective and that negatives seem bigger than past answers. Someone will say, but don't you remember what God did? And you go, yeah, but. Uh, it's almost like everything gets reversed. The telescope goes around the wrong way. Instead of seeing the bigness of God, you see the bigness of all the other things that are around about you. Number five is we lose gratitude. We stop having a thankful heart. And now, well, it's just much easier to see all the things that don't go right. I don't know about the rest of you here. I can notice it in me in the small things like traffic. Now, probably none of you, you're more godly than me, perhaps. But I can notice if I start getting really edgy about, you know, people and all that kind of stuff or small things, I forget to be grateful not only to God, but to the people that are around about me. Number six, the only good option seems to be to quit. It seems like the best thing you could do for everyone is just give up, just to check out, uh, you know, and certainly that's what Elijah wants to do. Number seven is that we fail to see the contribution and the value of others. Twice Elijah says to God, verse 10 and verse 14, he says, I alone am left. And one of the signs that you desperately need the refreshing of God is that you can see all you've done, but you don't see what everyone else has done. In other words, the focus becomes you and you consume all your energy and all your attention. Number eight, that you feel life. And for me, I put in brackets, they're God. You feel that God's unfair. God, it's not fair that I'm going through this. It's not fair. Where are you, God? Why haven't you done this? We feel that life is treating us poorly. Number nine, your prayer life is no longer about the goodness of God and His purpose. It's really more about complaining. Your prayer life becomes more about coming to God and telling Him everything He ought to be doing, everything that He ought to be fixing, everything you can see wrong. And again, I see this in the lives of people, many people after the last nearly three years of this pandemic. Have a look right across our society. These are not things that are limited to believers, but I see them across the lives of people in our world who've all of a sudden become so amped up about all the, the things that are wrong in our world and more people marching and protesting and, and, and social media explodes and books get written about everything that's gone wrong. And I think our world it very much is in need of a time of refreshing. Your prayer life's no longer about that. Number 10, last one here, is that even God's encouragements are insufficient. That's a strong place to be. But Elijah got to that point where the Lord came to him, speaks to him three times. And the first two times, as we would use this expression in Australia, it's like water off a duck's back. It's almost like God never spoke at all. How can you hear the voice of God? How can God speak to you and it doesn't change you? And yet Elijah hears the very intervention of God. God speaks to him. I want you to notice if you read the story that he's in, a, <clears throat> pardon me, he's in a cave. And here's one of the most beautiful things about this story is that God goes and meets him in a cave. God doesn't say, I'm out here, turn up to where I am. God says, you're in a cave, I'll come into where you are. You're in a dark place. You're in a hiding place. You have given up. You, you're all isolated. You're alone. You're in a place of darkness. He said, but I'm going to come to where you are. I think that's beautiful. Do you know one of the most significant meetings that Jesus ever had was one of the smallest ones. 
It's where the disciples, and now there's only 11 of them. Judas has taken his own life. Now there's 11 and they're huddled together, hiding, same as Elijah in a dark place. And the Bible says that all of a sudden he was in the midst. There was only 12 people in that place and they are riddled with fear. They are, uh, are worried about what the future looks like. This Saviour they've followed for three and a half years that at least one of them saw hung on a cross and the others heard about it. They saw his body put into a tomb and here are all these uh, people now going, what's to come of our future? What's it going to look like? But he comes to them in their hiding place. I want you to know tonight that there is this thing called the tender mercies of God. I want you to know that God is not a brute. God is not harsh. God is not going to come and tell you everything you should have done. He never turns up to Elijah and says, you ought to have and you didn't and why and how come and begin to upbraid him for all of his missteps and his, his fear and everything else. But God turns up into the dark place and into the cave place and speaks to him. And yet even that is insufficient. But you know, that's not that strange. I've talked to people and said, well, I went to church. I got nothing out of it. Even the encouragements of God were insufficient. The person next to them in the row, the person behind them went out and said, what an amazing time that was and how profoundly God touched them. But they went out and said, oh, I got nothing out of that. Sometimes that's got nothing to do with the environment you're in. It's got nothing to do with what you're hearing. Sometimes it's got everything to do with the state of your own heart. And yet even in that place, God doesn't beat him up over it. God goes to this man, finally says to him, he says, come out of the cave. Come out of the cave. Listen to me, it's when he gets out of the cave that the next stage, the stage of refreshing takes place. As long as you stay in the cave, it's everybody else's fault. No one helped me. I'm all alone. Nobody was there for me. As long as I stay in the cave where my emotions rule over my life, as long as I stay there, refreshing won't come. Because it's only when he goes, when God says, stand out at the mouth of the cave and he goes out there and then there's the wind and then there's the earthquake. And finally, there's the still small voice that begins to speak the answers to him. And that's what I want to give you just quickly tonight before we pray. I want to give you these four things that God does for this man that begin to refresh him. Number one is that God gives him natural rest and nourishment. It's not a mistake to need to rest. God gave you a body and your body needs rest. Science continually cannot completely unravel the wonders of sleep, except to be able to say that we know that without it, we die. So without it to say there's something restorative when a person comes into rest. And I believe that the first thing God did for this man he gives him natural rest and nourishment. He feeds him. This man who's not thinking about nourishment for his body says, take some time. And you know, sometimes I've got to be honest, sometimes if pressures get too much, I just need to be able to pull aside for a while. I need to be able to, I've told people this before, so it's not any great big, dig, big deep secret, but for me, walking out in nature, walking in the bushes, we call it in Australia, the woods, the forest, whatever, for me, that is such a special thing of, uh, of nourishing my soul. Find the thing that nourishes you. Some of you would hate it. You'd go around worrying if every stick was a snake. Uh, you might be terrified of it all. 
but maybe for you it's sitting in a cafe somewhere. Can I encourage you, don't, don't just go hard at God and say, oh, I'm going to fast and pray. Sometimes the best thing you can do is eat. Just thought I'd tell you that. I didn't get any amens on it. I would have got more amens if I talked about fasting. Uh, it gives him natural rest and nourishment. Here's number two. He allows him time to recover and rebuild. Says that he goes in the strength of that food 40 days and nights. That's over a month. Here's the deal. Refreshing for you might be a moment. Maybe tonight in this service, while I'm speaking, when we pray, maybe in this service, God will supernaturally touch you and re-energize you and refresh you. I've seen Him do it. But on the other hand, maybe it'll be a season for you. Maybe over the next week or the next two weeks or maybe even for you like Elijah, the next 40 days and nights, you need to just take the time to allow God to replenish you. You need to stop and just say, God, I need this. That's not embarrassing. I'm always amazed at Christians that don't want to let God know about their need. I always think, well, don't you think he knows? You know, like, hello. Pretending doesn't work with God. It might work with people, but it doesn't work with anyone else. Uh, it doesn't work with God, I mean. Uh, so he allows him time to recover and build. Here's number three, third one here. He renews his purpose. Verse 15, he says this, Then the Lord said to him, Go, watch this, go return on your way. Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus when you arrive. Anoint Haziel as king over Syria. Also you shall appoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel. And uh, Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel, Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. This is such a powerful thing. Let me just stay there for a couple of minutes with you. He says this to him. He says, I'm going to renew your sense of purpose. Why? Because the job of the prophet was to anoint and appoint. Old Testament prophets, that's their job. Anoint and appoint. And Elijah has given up his ministry. He's gone to the cave, no more anointing, no more appointing. And God says, I want you to go and anoint and appoint. I want to give you this so you can go away and think about it. God never once in 1 Kings 19 ever mentions King Ahab or Jezebel. They're the reason he's there. And God never says to him, go back and confront Jezebel. He's just killed 400 of her personal ministry team, the prophets of Baal. He's gone and done all that. The Bible tells you in 1 Kings 19 that when Jezebel said, I'm going to take your life, that's the reason he leaves out of fear of her. And God never says anything to him about go back and declare my judgment. Go back and tackle that problem. Some people say to you, God says, go back and tackle your biggest fears. Well, he didn't tell that to Elijah. It almost seems to me like what God is saying to him is if you'll do what I've asked you to do, I'll take care of your problems. If you'll do what I've asked you to do, I'll take care of your critics. I'll take care of your opposition. Oftentimes when we get into a place of great pressure or stress. We want a different job. We want different friends. We want to go and live in a different country because the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Have you ever seen that when you've been out in the country and seen a horse stretching its neck over a fence to eat the grass that's, it, it, that's not in its space? It's got a whole paddock, a whole field, but it doesn't go after that. 
It wants the stuff that's on the other side of the fence. And we've all done it, haven't we? At least, hello, maybe I'm the only one honest enough to admit it. I've, I've dreamt many times of going to another place, another thing, I'll just do, I've, I've had enough of that, I'll just do that. And God doesn't say to him, listen, man, you need to get away from all these people that are your problem. He says, if you'll do what I've asked you to do, I'll take care of your critics. I'll take care of your opposition. Go and anoint Haziel. That's your job, to anoint and to appoint. It's not his problem to deal with Jezebel. He doesn't have an unanointing ministry. Are you getting this tonight? Because I see way too many people who go shift from church to church to church because they have a problem there and go, well, I'll go to another one. It'll all be different. Well, maybe it will. If God sends you to another one, that's great. But if on the other hand, it's just you getting antsy about where you are. Amen. Great preaching, Jeff. Oh, Jeff, that spoke to me, but I'm not going to let you know. That's way too close to the bone. Here's the last thing here before we pray. The fourth thing here, which I think is so powerful, is that he gives him connection. I mentioned it before, he gives him somebody who's got a different spirit to his servant. Because 1 Kings 19 says he left his servant at Beersheba. He left his servant, but Elisha is not a servant. He's somebody who's got a passion and a heart. He says, I want to have double the portion you have. I want double the anointing you have. And he says, I'm not going to leave you. It doesn't matter. You, you, you can say what you like. You can treat me however you like, but I'm committed and I'm staying right where I am. What a powerful thing it is to have somebody who walks with you in ministry, who walks with you in life. Better than neighbours, better than Facebook friends, better than people that are, you know, the people you wave to, is to have a group of people that care about you and that will walk with you through your ups and downs of life. I believe that's what the body of Christ is meant to be. People often will say to me, you know, I cannot believe the level of care. Someone said to Pastor Bruce this morning here for the first time and just said, I can't believe that people would care like that. We go, well, I can't believe that people wouldn't, quite frankly. He gives him connection. He says, come out of the cave. Now let me join you up with someone. And it was a stranger. He doesn't know Elisha. He hasn't had a probationary period. God will ask you sometimes to step out with a level of trust and say, let me help you. Let me build something for your future. You know, the great story about this is that uh, Elijah goes out of this place of insufficiency and lack. He goes out of this place where it's all been about uh, depletion. And he goes out of there and he actually goes and does more than he ever did in all the years before. Father, help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I don't know the hearts and the lives of people that are here or whether they are in the position of great strength in you or whether they're like a lot of us would be, Lord, just saying like the song said, we want more of you. Lord, we want to make room for you to touch us and to help us. Father, I pray for anyone here that's just uh, feeling worn down by life in the job area. Lord, it's like the constant pressure and the, 
and the criticisms, Lord, are wearing down their soul. Father, I pray for those people, Lord, that you will begin to restore them. Give them back the joy of their salvation. Lord, for the person here that has stumbled in their character and looks at their own life and goes, oh God, I'm just not worthy. I'm, I'm not where I ought to be. I'm not who I should be. Lord, would you touch them tonight with your tender mercies? Let them know, Father, that you are there for them and that you want to take them by the hand and lead them out of where they are into a place of great strength in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your blessing and we thank you for your favour in the name of Jesus. Just right now, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I don't know you all. I don't certainly know everyone that's online. Pastor Bruce told me someone sent in a yes text from this morning. Someone in the service responded this morning. I do know this much. I do know that the Holy Spirit more than ever is going out over the earth and He's drawing people. And some of them have come from areas where they go, I didn't know about God. I didn't grow up in church. But I always knew there was a God. I always knew that He was there somewhere. And the Holy Spirit is touching you. You're not here by accident. You're not with us online by accident. You're here because God is reaching you. You're here because the Holy Spirit knows about you. You're here because He says, I want to touch you. I want to welcome you. I want to bring you in close. If that's you tonight, I want to pray for you right where you are. Online, I'll pray with you in just a minute. In the building, let me pray with you. You say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus like that. I'm not close to God. I'd like to be. Maybe you've got issues of life that you're wrestling with and you kind of think, well, once I get them sorted, I'll Let God into my life. But why don't you let Him in to help you? He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you a supernatural peace. He'll begin to change your heart. You'll see things differently because you let Jesus in. So just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, if you're in the building and that's you, and you'd like me to pray with you right where you are, I won't embarrass you. It's not what I do. But I'd love to help you. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I can see it? I'd love to pray with you. I don't know you all, so you might want to say tonight, that's me, Jeff. Would you pray with me? I'd love to come to Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else, just wherever you are, say, that's me. Jeff, would you pray with me? I don't know Jesus like that. Online, I'm going to talk to you in just a minute as well about how you can say yes to Christ right where you are. You know, you might be in another country or you might be in another state, might be somewhere a long way out of here, or maybe you're just in your home close by, but you know, God's with you right where you are. Jesus said, I'm with you always. God is ever present. Otherwise, He's not God. He's not limited by geography. He's not limited by circumstance. He can come and touch you. And if that's you and you're at home and you want to say yes to Jesus, I'd love it if you and the person in the building here, would you make this prayer yours? Say this after me, inviting Jesus into your life. Would you make this your prayer? Lord Jesus, thank You for dying for me. I want You in my life. I'm surrendering to You. I want you to lead me. I want you to change me. I want to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can look this way. We just will continue to pray for you. And by the way, uh, our team of prayer, I don't know what you call them. They're not warriors, they're warriors. Uh, But our prayer team, they won't even know your name. If you give God your yes, they won't know your name. We don't give them that detail. 
but they will immediately begin praying. As soon as that goes out to them, I imagine it's later tonight, that'll go out to them. They'll start praying for you. And you might say, but Jeff, they don't know who I am. I go, yeah, but God does. And He'll start uh, reaching out for you. We'd love to encourage you. And I said this to Pastor Bruce before, because I think we're all a bit, you know, not wanting to get caught nowadays. And uh, I understand people's reluctance sometimes, but I want you to know that when we say, if you give us your yes, the only thing we do is send you encouragement. We don't spam you. We don't send you news about anything. I think the only time we ever break this rule, if you like, is when we let you know about a water baptism that's coming up and there will be one soon. But we would love to be a part of daily helping you to follow Christ. And that means that we will send you a scripture that and a prayer fits on one screen of your smartphone. All you've got to do is text YES, Y-E-S, to 488 If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get it via email, it's very brief, by the way, fits on one screen of a smartphone. Then why don't you send that through to yes.metrochurch.org.au and then as soon as we get that, we'll start sending you that encouragement. It goes every day for 30 days. You can opt out if you want, but I think in the years we've been doing this, only two people have ever opted out, believe it or not. It's quite remarkable because so many people have said to me later when I, I've said, how did you come? And they go, oh, I was a yes texter. And I go, were you? And they go, yeah. And, I, and they, uh, so many have said to me, it was like God just spoke to me every single day. So we would love to uh, just encourage you and be a part of your journey with Christ. This is what I want to do tonight because... Uh, the team, please come. I really felt like this service was not going to be like last Sunday. Was that last Sunday morning? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It's only last week. Uh, we invited everyone forward for prayer. We stayed for a long time praying and I'm all for that. But I really felt tonight that God wanted to use all of us. Why is that? I think because, uh, quite frankly, well, because I, I think the Holy Spirit just likes to do things differently from time to time. The second reason though is I think He wants you to understand that He called you to be a part of the answer for someone else. I don't know any time in my life, if, if I was honest, I'd say, I hope you pray for me. I really do. I hope you pray for me regularly because trust me, I need all the help that I can get. And I don't say that out of a, out of a, a sense of being overwhelmed. I say just out of a sense of the greatness and the goodness of God. And I want to be a part of what God is doing. This year is going to be a great year. A lot of great things are going to happen. And, but they will all require all of us to come to God and say, God, what do you want to do? So can I invite you to stand with me a minute? Thank you, team. I'm going to ask Ruby and the team just in a minute to sing that chorus. I want more of you, but I want you just to stand with me a minute. Just put your own hands out before God and just say, Lord, I want to receive from you tonight. You know, God can touch you. There's some of you here where you're asleep. You're like Elijah. You have been tossing and turning. You, you wake up, you can't go back to sleep. And it's not that you're tortured as much as your mind just won't seem to stop going, but what if, and I'm gonna, and then this, and I gotta do that, and a million things. And I feel like some of you, the Holy Spirit is just gonna come and breathe on you. And touch your mind tonight. There's going to come a stillness over your mind and a peace. In Jesus' name.
some of you here, you're still troubled out of something that happened in your past in this last 12 months or so. And I realise maybe anybody could say this, but I'm saying it, I trust by the leading of the Holy Spirit. That some of you here, there was a, a major rift in your life, a major conflict, and you still haven't recovered from it. And you feel like you're still on edge. Still, it's like you're still fighting a battle, even though the battle's actually finished, but you're still fighting it. You're still ready for it. I believe God's going to touch you tonight, in Jesus' name. I believe He's going to pour some oil on you, heal you, bring a peace that passes all understanding. Sometimes they're big things. Sometimes they're like Elijah. It's just all the little things overwhelm. Father, we thank You for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For others of you, it's because of things that are coming up that you know are on the calendar, so to speak, on the agenda. And you're going, well, God, oh God, I'm worried about that. And He wants to say, you know, come on, give it to me. Just hold your hands out and receive as Ruby and the team sing it for us, would you? We want more of you. Come on, let's all receive. I just want more. I just want more. More of you. More of you, God. I just want more. I just want more. More of you, God. More of you, God. I just want more. I just want more. More of you, God. More of you. I just want more, I just want more.